Welcome to episode 4 of the Podfathers and part 2 of our series on the plan of life with Father John Flader, the Director of the Catholic Adult Education Centre for the Archdiocese of Sydney here in Australia. So far in part 1, Father John has explained to us what a plan of life is and how there are many similarities in other parts of our lives where we make plans, so why not for our spiritual lives also? Well, it's time now to consider the elements of a plan of life and how to begin and sustain these elements on a daily basis, from when we wake up, through the day, right up to when we go to bed. And Father John makes the point that it's not just a matter of ticking a few boxes, doing some elements of piety, but in all that we do in our spiritual lives, it's developing and deepening our relationship with Jesus, Mary, the angels, the saints and the church to fulfill the beautiful call by former Pope John Paul II and continued triumphantly by Pope Benedict XVI about the universal call to holiness. Each one of us is different and some are well advanced and already doing most or all of what I'll now suggest. Others are just starting out and it's very important to go up an inclined plane starting at the bottom not endeavoring to take on too much because we will more likely drop it all. Whereas if we start with something manageable, we can work our way up. And I think anyone does that in other endeavors in life. They don't suddenly undertake a a, a great commitment that they can't possibly fulfill. And our plan of life begins when we wake up. And one of the suggestions I would make is when that alarm goes off or someone knocks on our door or we wake up of our own accord but we realize it's time to get out of bed, then don't lie in bed thinking about getting out of bed. Simply get up. Because if we remain in bed, in a sense we're losing the first battle. We're giving in to laziness and that might set the tone for the rest of our day and I suspect in some people's lives it sets the tone for their whole life. They're simply giving in to the effects of original sin, of laziness and selfishness and self-indulgence. So that heroic minute as Saint Josemaria, the founder of Opus Dei, used to call it, is so important to get out of bed when the alarm goes off. And the first thing we will do when we get out of bed and hopefully take it down on our knees if it's appropriate and most of the time it is is to do the morning offering and what is this it is a prayer that we say in our own words as I did for many years before I came across a formula that I then learned by heart and that's the one I now use but it is that act of offering up to God, who is our Lord, who is our Creator, who is our Father, who is our love, the whole day in front of us, whatever we do, our prayers, our works, our joys, our suffering, are all offered to God in that morning offering. That is the sense of it. And whether we use a formula or whether we say those ideas in our own words, we want from the beginning of the day to offer to God the rest of the day. And at that moment too we might thank God 
for giving us whatever sleep we had. Perhaps we didn't have a good night, but we thank him for the sleep that we had and for the day that now is in front of us. And we offer it up to him in order to remember that he is everything. He is our beginning and our end. We live for God, and we express that in the morning offering. Then we will begin to do our ablutions and showers and dressing and making our bed. Hopefully we'll make our bed as part of a little service to our family or to ourselves and maybe have breakfast or possibly we can get to Mass before breakfast. Is daily Mass required? Of course not. Is it a good thing? Of course because in Mass we are present at Calvary, we are worshipping this God in the most powerful prayer and action that the Church has, the action of Jesus himself offering himself to the Father on the cross. And we can associate with the Mass all of our intentions, our personal desires and prayers that people have asked us to pray for, our sorrow for our sins and our waywardness, our praise of God, our thanksgiving for all the favors and blessings that God has given us. All of that we put on the paten, which has the host on the Mass. The priest holds it up in the offering of the gifts, and our prayers are on it. We are offering ourselves to God, our day to God. And in addition, we are praying together with the community gathered there in the church. We are listening to God speaking to us in the readings and in a more personal and subjective way receiving God in communion. What a great way to begin the day or to find our God at some time during the day, going to Mass, all of those blessings that come. And one of the things I often say to people when I'm preaching or speaking with them is that if we went around to all the churches in our city, or maybe we live in a small town where there's only one church, but if we live in a big city like Sydney, there are hundreds of parish churches and chapels. And if we went around to all of them on any one day of the week, we would find thousands of people in those masses. Why are they there? They don't have to be there. They want to be there, to worship their God. Maybe to pray for a particular intention that day, or to thank God for a special favor. Or simply they have that habit of going regularly to Mass. It is a great blessing to go to Mass. And while we are there in the church, we might take advantage to do some meditation. Perhaps we can arrive 15 minutes early or stay for 15 minutes after the Mass and we simply talk with God. If we have a Missal or maybe a Bible, we open it to the readings of that day's Mass and we pray with those readings. We do that Lectio Divina, as it is called, divine reading, literally, 
but it has come to mean praying with the scriptures. And we find to our amazement, with the assistance of the Holy Spirit, of course, that when we pray with the scriptures, not just read them, we discover so much meaning, so much application to our life that we had passed over without noticing before. And meditation on the scriptures or on some problem in our life, in our work, in our family, some reflection about a virtue that we want to acquire, we're too self-indulgent, we have to live more temperance. We're too proud, we need to live humility. Maybe we pray about a virtue. So many topics with which to deal with our Lord, we need some time of personal prayer that we can call meditation or mental prayer. It's simply a loving conversation with God in our own words. And when we go to Mass, it can be a good opportunity to do that. What other elements might our plan of life include? Spiritual reading. One of the saints has said that when we pray, we talk with God. When we read, God talks to us. And spiritual reading, as they say, has made so many saints to find one of those classics of spiritual reading like The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis or The Introduction to the Devout Life, St. Francis de Sales, The Writings of St. Teresa of Avila, of St. Therese of Lisieux. One could go on and on listing those great classics that have never gone out of print because they have helped so many souls. If we want to have that daily nourishment of our soul, as we have the daily nourishment of our body through eating, spiritual reading is a great way to receive it. We simply stop for maybe 15 minutes and take up our book on a daily basis at a particular time. And part of our plan of life is not only what we should do, but when we should do it. What we shouldn't have is the mentality of, oh yes, I would like to spend some time in mental prayer and spiritual reading if I get the chance. We have to make the opportunities. And so from the outset, perhaps in our mental prayer, in our meditation, we pray about our plan of life. And we think, yes, which of these acts can I embrace at the present time and when will I do it? Spiritual reading can be done at any time. In the morning before we leave for our daily routine, in the afternoon when we get home, in the evening, perhaps at lunchtime, we can make a visit to the Blessed Sacrament, which is another good element of our plan of life. But it is important to determine when we will do these things and also for how long. So if we embrace, for example, meditation, we might decide that it will be 10 minutes or 15. But we hold ourselves to that. Day after day, at a set time, we live that plan. And the virtue of having it at a set time every day is it becomes a habit. And a good habit that facilitates the doing of some good act 
is the very definition of virtue. When we form a habit, it becomes easier. We automatically remember. So that idea of having these acts of piety at set times and for a particular length of time is very important. It forms a virtue so that we will do it more readily. And together with our spiritual reading, we might include reading of some scripture. The Bible is looking, it looks a little bit daunting in its length, but if we take the New Testament, which we should be very familiar with, and we break it down into chapters, I once counted the number of chapters in the New Testament, and I can't remember the exact number, but it was of the order of 265, something like that. There are 365 days in the year, and there are only some 260-some chapters in the New Testament. And if we read just one chapter, which would take us anywhere from three to five, six minutes, depending on the chapter, we would go through the whole New Testament in much less than a year. And if we read less than a chapter, and we read the whole New Testament in a year and a half, and then started over again, we would become very familiar with it. And the more we know, the more we can love. And as St. Jerome says in those famous words, ignorance of Scripture is ignorance of Jesus Christ. But correspondingly, knowledge of Scripture, familiarity with Scripture, is familiarity with Jesus Christ. And the plan of life is all about a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not about fulfilling things. It's about relating to a person who waits for us, who loves us. And then we mentioned the visit to the Blessed Sacrament. We might mention other acts like the Angelus or the Regina Celi during the Easter season. This we might do at noon. Some people do it at six in the morning or and six in the evening in addition to noon. It's a very traditional prayer that the Church has had for many centuries and very helpful in that brief encounter with our Lord and Our Lady in that Marian prayer. You mentioned the rosary before and the rosary is a very important norm of piety. Our Lady recommended it at Lourdes, she recommended it at Fatima, and in the Rosary we meditate on the life of Christ. People might think, oh, I'm not interested in going so much to Mary, I want to go to Jesus. Well, the Rosary is a prayer all about Jesus. Every mystery is a mystery of one aspect of Jesus' life, and as St. Paul VI said in Martialis Cultus, it is a reflection on the life of Christ as seen through the eyes of Mary. And in the middle of every Hail Mary is the name Jesus. Blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. And in that meditation on the life of Christ, in saying the Hail Marys, we grow in love for Jesus, we grow in love for Mary. And then we should finish the day with God as well. We will say some night prayers, and I dare say that one of the types of prayer that most people do do is their evening prayers. Whether it is giving thanks for the blessings of the day, praying for their loved ones, 
saying three Hail Marys, which many people do, we should keep those up. And whatever we are doing, keep it up. And then the examination of conscience can be done together with our night prayers, in which in a brief reflection we look back on this day that has just finished and see where we have fallen short, maybe in our plan of life, maybe in charity, maybe in the use of our time, what things we have done well, and we give thanks to God for them. And then it's good to end the examination of conscience with an act of contrition, of sorrow for wherever we have failed. And then we can go to bed with that peace of soul that even if our Lord should call us during the night, we're at peace with him, we're struggling to love him, we have failed, but we're sorry. If what we've discussed so far all feels too daunting, don't feel overwhelmed. Before we go today, what Father John is going to do is give us some tips on how to start a plan of life, and if you've been having trouble, how to sustain it on an inclined and upward spiritual plane. Morning prayer, definitely, the morning offering. Night prayers, definitely. And then during the day, perhaps the Angelus. It's so easy to say, if we don't know it, we Google it, (laughs) and it will come up immediately. And then perhaps one other act of piety, which could be the rosary or the spiritual reading and scripture. One of those two we would find easy. And never to forget that we can say the rosary while we're walking, while we're driving, riding on the train or the bus. We take out our beads or the little rosary ring and try to recollect ourselves to think what mystery it is. But it is possible to pray effectively while we're traveling so that, in a sense, the rosary doesn't take up extra time. Or we can read on the train or the bus too. But perhaps one other act besides the morning offering and the morning prayers and the night prayers, the angelus, let us try to incorporate one other one. And then little by little, we might incorporate more of these acts into our plan. We trust you're enjoying our special series on the plan of life with Father John Flada from the Catholic Adult Education Centre from the Archdiocese of Sydney here in Australia. Stay tuned for our next episode where Father John brings it all together and gives us an introduction to having a spiritual director. We'll see you then. This program has been brought to you by Colby Communications in association with RadioSOS.net.